0: All right, good morning, golfers. Welcome to On Par with Anthony Scorcher. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful, I won't say beautiful, but August 28th. <laughs> uh, you know, those, pleased to have, of course, Woody Lash and co owner of Pete's Golf Shop in the uh, in studio today, live from Beth Page. You know, people see those, uh, see, think it's raining outside. It's not rain, it's tears of joy from superintendents as the, uh, uh, as the, this, Heat heat wave has sort of snapped with these storms, um, and now it looks like uh, at least some normal temperatures are are on the way. How you doing, Woody? I'm doing great. It was
1: great to see the people lined up here to play this morning. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm, but I'm driving here this morning.
0: What? <laughs> how are you going to play? But I know. I know. Well, it seems like the rain has subsided a little bit, so it's good that. Uh, uh, that people will be able to enjoy their rounds today. It might be a little, uh, little wet and a little long, and, and playing a little long, but uh, I, I, uh, I. I my thoughts and prayers to people playing the black today. Cause that's going to be a, um, a brutal test on a day like today where uh, Although
1: you, I'd rather play it today than I played it like, you know, yesterday. When well, we that's true degrees. <laughs>
0: 94 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Heat index of one Oh nine. or yeah, something. Exactly. Exactly. So what do we have, you know, we haven't connected in a while. How's it going with you? What's going on in the shop? I know you're busy, um, difficult to get an appointment with you and, but what's been uh, moving and shaking in, at the, at Pete's golf.
1: I mean, golf is is still on fire. There's a lot of people still wanting to play golf. Um, we're booked for a, a month or so in advance. Um, the, the biggest problem is that, you know, people don't realize that, that, that COVID is really affecting, um, tremendously overseas. Right. Um, and w- one of the factories that makes a huge percentage of the equipment for all the manufacturers been shut down for a month. Right. Um, that that's going to just cause more and more delays. Um,
0: we got shipments lost at sea. We've got you know there's yeah. all kinds of stuff going yeah. on.
1: But uh, you know you, d- you do the best you can, and you know I you know I tell people listen if you're getting equipment you're getting equipment it's going to last a long time, and if you have to wait a little longer than you might expect it's not something that should be changing in two years. So. Um,
0: well that w- that was my next question actually. You know someone who's been in this business for as long as you, the. Um, you know, what, what do you expect is going to be a return to normalcy? How long will it take for manufacturing to get back online, things to, to sort of produce on a regular rate and be available at a more uh, – more, be more available period? It's not going to be next year. Really? Maybe, maybe maybe, 23. 23, wow.
1: Yeah, not going to be next year. I mean, you know, the, listen, the great thing for golf is that golf is booming. Right, right. So it's 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 way up. If you look at from from an equipment standpoint, if you look at the numbers that the that Titleist just came out with, um, the numbers that TAO just came out, the public companies, um, their numbers they they couldn't dream of doing, up thirty five percent over you know last year. I mean, you know, just just crazy numbers. You sure. can't you can't keep up with that. And then again, with the supply chain getting worse, um, you know, you'd like to think oh, it would get better with you know the delta variant it's gotten worse so
0: right um so this is like a perfect storm for manufacturers right demand is up but supply is down right. right right so it's like the worst convergence of uh factors
1: yeah but you know the good news is people are playing golf um you know to me the more people get out there playing golf the more that we'll, we'll hopefully retain more people you know in in three four years down the road um and if you're playing golf you know again equipment should last a long time yeah so when it's time to get equipment you'll get it and um you know i'm i'm always big you know about golf i love the the. i love playing golf i love the industry i love what goes on and the more and more participation we get the better
0: yep yeah and i think i do think that um under the circumstances we're more you know what what COVID has sort of, and 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 now the extended Delta variant, if you will, ex, you know, experience that we've had, um, is different than a fad, right? L- let's call, if we want to say that Tiger Woods, you know, caused a little spike, right? But that's a almost like a fad in clothing, as opposed to the Delta variant and and COVID. Um, I, people have been exposed and been playing now for an extended period of time. I feel like they they really uh understand and appreciate the benefits of playing golf yeah i think with with covid you have a a two-pronged factor
1: right so you've got the factor hey listen so many brand new golfers who never played golf but that's the same thing we had back when tiger came on the scene right however now in addition to that you have all the people that started playing golf when Tiger came on the scene and stopped playing for whatever reason it was um I think the biggest reason was they had kids and, you know, they just don't have any time anymore. I, I see so many people that can, you know, hey, listen, I used to play three days a week and then I had kids. And then all of a sudden I put my clubs in a garage and, you know, now it's 20 years later and I hadn't forgotten about golf and my, my, my kids are gone and COVID struck. And I'm like, I'm going to play. Oh, I, I forgot how much I love this game. Yep. Um So I think you have you've, that's going to really help retention. Mm-hmm. Because you ha- instead, of just it's not only just a new golfer; it's the returning golfer who quit for whatever reason, um, and is back out there. And unfortunately, I don't think that you know COVID's going away anytime soon. Right. So you know, golf is one of the things you can do outside. It's safe. Um, I, I I think it's it's going to do our industry well for for a long time.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree, and I and I think. Um You know, like you said, people understand the benefits and the healthy um, aspects of golf is a big, you know, walking and, and, you know, burning 4,000 calories walking, playing uh, 18 holes. I mean, there's, you know, there's so many health benefits to playing golf and and COVID has made everybody health conscious. Yes. Right. And so, and this is one of those sports where, you know, and we've always said it and it sounds cliche, but you can play it till you're, you know, as long as you're old enough to play it, you know, and physically able to, which is, you know, not football, not basketball, not, you know, baseball, all those things, you know, those have a shelf life. Golf's shelf life is much more longer. And so they, you can play at a, and and so golf is, is, becomes an important part of people's lives uh, because it's so healthy to do. Uh,
1: Correct. And, you know, we could get, the the more people get playing, the longer They'll be playing and playing with their kids. What a, what a sport you kid! Your your daughter's a big lacrosse player. Go out and play lacrosse with her. What's going to happen yep. to you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's going to run circles around you, and you're going to break your leg. Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> I'm definitely going to pull a hamstring in the first minute, and that's <laughs> and then and then I won't be able to play golf. So I'll be doubly miserable. <laughs> but yeah, no, exactly. And so, um, uh, like you know, like I said, I think it's uh, between the, you know. The one thing that we have going for us is that we've become a much more health-conscious society out of what we've experienced over the last 18 months. Yes. And if you're looking for a recreational sport, golf is where it's at. Uh, I'm all in. You know, but you know, to your point, you know, people can uh, people who are listening don't realize I had my hand raised. Right? I'm one of those people who has kids, and you know particularly this year golf has really it's been difficult to play um because of the travel because of the uh, the commitment you know your children's commitments or your commitments um and i you know i love what my kids do but maybe i should have had them been playing (laughs) playing golf but But you can't force them to play no no you you gotta let them play what they what they want Mm -hmm. exactly exactly but you know, uh, the good news is when they're when they get into college, you could be back playing plenty of golf. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm looking forward to that. looking forward to our guest uh, Ashlyn Ramsey from Allego. Um, but we'll take a short break. You're listening to On Par with Anthony Scorser.
1: golf since 1979 pete's golf has been practicing the art of club fitting and has been selected as a top 100 club fitter by golf digest magazine at pete's golf we use the best technology available to create an exceptional fitting experience for every customer that walks into our store visit pete's or call 516-248-6891 that's 516-248-6891 and get your next set of clubs fit for
0: you Golf course superintendents are the unsung heroes of our great game. Due to the game's efforts, we now have turf that needs less water, courses that are more sustainable, with many now offering natural wildlife habitats. From the days of old Tom Morris, golf course superintendents have given golfers a reason to love this great game. But don't take my word for it. Jack Nicklaus agrees. If you love golf like I do, thank a golf course superintendent. A message from the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America and local superintendents everywhere.
1: Hey everyone, this is Chris Foschell with Mizuno. There's no better feeling than having your clubs perfectly dialed in, and with over 2,000 authorized performance fitting partners nationwide, it couldn't be any easier to get custom fit using Mizuno's revolutionary shaft optimizer 3D. Find the right shaft and match it with any of our legendary grain flow forgings or our award-winning hot metal irons featuring high-strength chromali Visit MizunoGolf.com to find the nearest authorized fitter in your area, and remember, nothing feels like a Mizuno
0: all right welcome back you're listening to on bar with anthony Scorsia. pleased to have in studio woody lashin co-owner of pete's golf shop and on the line is ashley ramsey she's in charge of play uh, membership development at illegal golf club Ashley, how you doing today
2: hi good morning how are you
0: ah doing well you know uh woody and i were just um talking about uh golf as uh being in high demand um, and one of the benefits, uh, if you you know, I feel funny saying that uh, the benefits of COVID, but uh, one of the things is golf has been uh, in higher demand, and one of the you could say a uh, subset of that is is Allego Golf Club has been doing really well. Um, how are you how's everything going with Allego?
2: Yeah, everything is great. We have definitely seen um, kind of a rise in membership interest. Obviously, um, that's kind of continuous across the board with the golf industry Um, but yeah definitely it's great to see more people being involved with the game Um, I particularly handle a lot of the corporate side of our membership so we're seeing golf being used as um, a very important client entertainment tool um, which is you know great to obviously see that being used on a business setting as well as for personal use and for um, pleasure on the other side of things so I feel like it has definitely become like an all-encompassing sport, which is great (laughs) to see. Um, And it's not, you know, so much for like the leisurely Sunday rounds anymore. We're seeing um, a rise in the number of rounds that our members are playing as well as a rise in interest of new members. So everything's been going great and we're really excited um, for the direction that not only Illigo is going, but as well as the golf industry as a whole.
1: So Anthony and I know Aliigo, but I don't think our, our listener knows what AliG does and who you are. So t- give us a little you know preview of what you guys do.
2: Yeah, so AliG is actually a uh, invitation only private golf membership, which gives our members access to various private clubs in the area. Um, we work to build relationships with private clubs um, in New York, New Jersey. Connecticut and down in Pennsylvania, we also have a region as well. Um, But our company was founded in Europe on the premise of, you know, trying to get members um, of OLEGO out on really great private clubs. So uh, we also offer a concierge service, so we help our members get pee times at various clubs when they're traveling. Um, And really it's relationship-based, so we have good partnerships with clubs in the area, Um, our members are you know top-notch people and we make sure that we have great individuals as part of our clubs so that when they're going to uh, various partner clubs in the area they're obviously a good representation of us and they really enjoy playing the club. So oftentimes our members will then go on to join the club itself. Um, Obviously it's my job to make sure that they are enjoying their illegal experience but we also do tend to see them uh, go to home clubs as well, which we really love because that then supports our partner clubs.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that that's probably a nice, um, if you would, if you decided to join a league, it's certainly a good way to not only meet people, but, you know, and, and play different clubs and maybe see something, uh, see a club that you might want to call home. Um, it, it certainly plays a, uh, an important part in an entry to the to a private club member but it also I would imagine um it also uh fosters this whole thing of um you know we love playing golf because of the people that we get to meet and the the camaraderie of playing golf and and um you know it's all about the 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 being with people that we like and I imagine that's a big part of what the illegal experience is. Absolutely
2: yeah we have members who you know will join the club just to you know, meet new people. They're young professionals living in the city, um, don't yet have a family, and are not moving out to the suburbs yet. Um, you know, want to join a LEGO so that they have a group of people to play with. Um, and you know, maybe they're carpooling to the course. It's it's kind of all over the map as far as how people choose to utilize a Lego. But what I love, um, and particularly kind of emphasize to my new members, is that you're able to utilize it in So many different ways and you can really kind of customize your experience. If it's something where you want to meet new people through it, you can definitely do that. If it's something where you just want to get on great courses and entertain your clients, you can also do that. Um, And then I also get to go play golf with our members, which is great to kind of, you know, be in front of them and, and show them a great experience.
1: Who are, who are you seeing in general who are the, the, the newer members? Or is, it, is it the younger people? Is it older people? Is it a mix? Is it men, women? What, what, what are you seeing?
2: So I think for us this year, um, the corporate membership has really taken off um, due to the fact that many of these corporations, specifically based in New York City, um, are not going into the office anymore. So these guys that were previously all coming into the city every day um, are now not coming into New York and are still kind of on the unknown deadline of when they're going to return to the office. But to that point, they're living somewhere out on Long Island, some are in the Westchester area, some are in New Jersey. And so, um, you know, if you have someone in a corporate position who needs to entertain a client, they're able to pick a course close to that client and then actually host them at a great private club that maybe the client himself or herself could not get onto. Um, So I would say that particularly through our events as well, we are entertaining a large number of corporate clients and therefore that's kind of been the um, clientele that has been the most interested this year.
0: You mentioned playing with your, with your members. Uh, You've had, you know, quite an experience in in playing career. You played on the LPGA uh, a number of years. Uh, Tell us a little bit about how you got started in golf.
2: Yeah, I mean, golf has been a great game for me throughout my entire life. Um, I started, I grew up in Augusta, Georgia, so not a bad place uh, to start my golf career. (laughs) And my older sister actually started and was into the game before I was. Um, We're 16 months apart, so we've always been very close and kind of done, you know, similar things throughout our lives. But essentially, she started playing uh, in Augusta before I did. And then I would see uh, she and my dad going to the golf club and and being around the game. And I was a little bit jealous that they were spending so much time together. So I figured I better pick up the golf clubs and figure out how to play as well. Uh, But I was eight when I started. And, you know, my dad tells the story that, he wouldn't let me leave the Chip and Green for like the first six months that I played because my full swing was that bad. <laughs> <So> <laughs> oh, he's geez. like, he's like, you've come a long way, and uh, it just goes <laughs> to show that a lot of practice can sometimes make close
0: to
2: close to perfect. <laughs>
0: yeah. And then you played on the LP And then you you went to Clemson, and then you played you went on the LPGA, and you know, how, talk about that process. Um, you know, people. I think forget how difficult the process of playing professional golf is. Talk a little bit about the evolution of you, your game going from college to the pros
2: yeah i mean that that is such a a crazy or it was a crazy time in my life, and I think you know thankfully, my dad was you know researching and discussing with other parents who had been there before and kind of um, was helping me navigate that process but Because my older sister was also playing golf and we wanted to play in college together, I started looking at schools my, I think right at the end of my freshman year because she then would have been a sophomore. So Mm -hmm. I started the process of looking for a college very young and then um, we both committed to Clemson, um, you know, at well, shortly thereafter. She committed first and then I committed after, but um, anyway, to that point of it's such an unknown venture to get into. And especially as a, as a young, um, you know, up and coming golfer, it was something that I was constantly felt like I was proving myself and having to continually work at it. Um, Whereas some of the girls that I was playing with had been these like child prodigies and had, you know, had success from a young age. It wasn't really the case with me, although I had been playing the game for a long time.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, It was something that I always had to work at. So, um, playing in college was—I learned a lot. I will say um, I loved Clemson. I played for a year and then turned pro after my freshman year, which I think that process was expedited a little bit more um, than my original timeline of when I went into school. But I don't regret you know turning pro after a year. I think it was a great choice and um, really enjoyed my time on the LPGA. Um, So golf has taken me a lot of different places, which I'm very thankful for.
0: Um, Just to that point, that's a sort of dramatic time in your life, right? You go from being first, uh, you know, you go to college, which is really the first time you're you're sort of independent let's say on a daily basis from your parents um, and so and then you jump right to uh, being an LPGA pr- professional uh, or a turning professional where now you're sort of um, thrown into the real world of almost this is your real job uh, that had to have been a very um, you know challenging time in your life those two years
2: yeah absolutely I think that that's kind of um you know when when I was going through that time in my life as well I think that it was easy for other people to kind of look in and be like well you only went to school for a year you think you're that good you're going to turn pro and forego your you know full ride at Clemson but I went to school when I was 17 and then I left Clemson when I had just turned 18 so I was very young when all of that was was taking place I was navigating a lot of things for the first time I was having a lot of difficult conversations with my coach at the time and so um, it definitely you know I learned a ton from it and then to go from that difficult experience of trying to handle college at 17 and then turning pro at 18 and then having a back injury this summer I left So essentially took three months off right when I turned pro after the Curtis Cup in 2014 and then went to school in uh, I think it was like late July or early August right after I had um, come back from a back injury. So it was um, definitely not an easy road to navigate, but I am very thankful that I had my parents uh, who were supporting me, my sister who was still at clemson at the time and then my teammates at clemson were very supportive throughout that whole process but it's really something that everyone's situation is going to be different but it's um you know a little bit of a tricky tricky road to navigate at times
1: sure well now you've found a career where you can continue to play golf
2: yeah it's, exactly. yeah, it's great that I can still play and, and um, you know, I don't depend on my three-footers going in for me to <laughs> make a living, which is, which is a great position to be in um, and definitely one that, you know, playing professional golf is tough. And I, I think that um, you're starting to see now, especially through social media and players documenting their experiences, that they're being so much more transparent about that. Um, I think that I had definitely kind of built it up in my head when I was younger to be, you know, the ideal. Everyone was like, oh, that's my dream job to play professional golf. And it's great, but it is a lot of work and a lot of stress emotionally and physically as well.
1: I, well, it's also a very different life. I think people yeah. don't realize if they haven't haven't done it, been out there. I, I never played professional golf, but I, I caddied a bunch for my good friend Gene Bartholomew. And you know, mm-hmm. being out on the road and seeing what it's like, you know, uh, you know, her. Not, she hasn't been home in six months, and she's you know, going from hotel, and you know, <laughs> when you're not making a, a lot of money, you're not staying at the best hotels. Yeah, put it that way. Sure. <laughs> Um it's it's a very it's a very very t- everyone think it's a glamorous life it's uh you know maybe it's glamorous for the, for the 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 top people that are flying private jets and you know but when you're first starting out and you're trying to make a living it's 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 very different than i think most people realize
2: Exactly yeah it absolutely is i even i was talking to one of my friends um re- you know recently and her boyfriend is um, you know, trying to make it on the PGA Tour. And and so even just getting your card on the PGA side of things, there's so much uncertainty with the schedule. How many events are you going to get into? Um, he's from Europe, so is he going to stay in Europe part of the year or come full-time to the U.S. and kind of roll the dice that he's going to get into more events? It's just there's always something going on, no matter. You just think, like, if I could just get over this hurdle, then it'll be, you know, it'll be much easier. And then it's not <laughs> in reality, yep. um, which, you know, it's all a learning process and it, it builds character.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Because when you get over that one hurdle, you just realize there's only, you know, 10 more hurdles to go. So uh, there's Correct. always a new hurdle to, to uh <laughs> To deal with, but um, do you have a new appreciation now for golf in terms of, uh, do you feel a little rejuvenated now that you get to, you know, you're going to start playing again a little more, maybe in some, in some opens or, or some of, Mm -hmm. you know, local events, how much has this job um, at a legal golf club uh, allowed you to feel like fall in love with the game again?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's helped tremendously and it's changed my approach to the game as a whole i think when i i moved from south carolina to new york city um in 2019 um and then you know was working for a golf company before but was only you know playing when i traveled and it and it was um you know not playing many courses in the area and then when i when i joined Aligo um a year ago I started playing, you know, all of the great courses that we have in the area and really it kind of opened my eyes and got me excited to playing these amazing courses, um, you know, meeting new people as well, because this role with the and membership development has connected me, connected me with so many um, unique individuals and I would not have, you know, been able to come in contact with those people had it not been through golf. But Um, I just got on staff with PXG, so I'm really excited about that. New set of clubs, you know, I gotta go play in some tournaments to try them out. Um, It makes me excited to go and practice, so I definitely um, have a, definitely a rejuvenated view of the game, and I just I don't take it as seriously now, and I don't put so much pressure on myself, so I feel like I'm able to still go and compete, and you know, obviously give it my best, but It's not something that, um, you know, I depend on for my livelihood, which which is a nice position to be in and a good relationship to have with the game for me right now.
0: Yeah, you sound like you're in like really um, the perfect spot right now in terms of personally, professionally. You get to work with people like Tom Guy, Jamie Slonus. I mean, those guys are just really good people in general. Forget about you know the illegal golf club. Uh, they're guys that I would want to be you know hang out with just in general. Um, they're just super nice and, and um, just wonderful people. So uh, it's really great that you're you're able to fall in love with the game again. You're meeting new people, illegal golf club seems to be um growing exponentially uh so we wish you all the 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 best of luck with that and uh you know thank you very much for coming on the show this morning
2: of course thank you guys for your time and it, it was a great conversation um i appreciate everything
0: yeah no i appreciate it well we look forward to um talking with you again soon
2: that sounds great thanks
0: so much all right thanks ashlyn have a great day all right, folks, that was Ashlyn Ramsey from uh, she developed, uh, membership development uh, for Illegal Golf Club. Woody, time always goes so fast. Thank you very yep. much for uh, joining. I know you're sitting in once again. Yes. Quick shout out to Andy Sabota for winning the Met Open. Yes, absolutely. His uh, third? Third time. Third time. Third time is a charm. Yep. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. You're listening to On Par with Anthony Scorsia.